airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC, and we look forward to getting around to some of your calls in the last segment. Today's Mm -hmm. discussion, um, just making an observation, Uh, same highway, different nation. We are going to talk Mm. again about uh, what is happening in China. And we've talked about this before. I want to say it was like nearing the end of last year. Um, If not... Maybe it was a little bit longer ago. Uh, I just remember us going through this when we were talking about the cynicization of uh, Chinese culture and Christianity. And before we, you know, take a step back and stand with our mouths all, you know, agape, we should recognize that we're doing the same thing in the United States of America with the Christian church. Like we are we are um, bringing in destructive philosophies and we are saying this is now the gospel We are bringing all kinds of, you know, signs and symbols and things like that and people that we adore and worship and exalt. And maybe we don't use that terminology, but that's what we're doing in the Christian church. And um, I think it's so important for us to recognize that that's precisely what's happening. So we want to take a look at that and and just look at some more information that is coming out. And it's not new. This has been going on for a while. Man, I wish I I, should have gone back to double check when we did um, those oh, shows and we talked thing. about yeah. this it's been a while it's mm-hmm. been a while um, but it's worth revisiting yeah uh, especially as we see things um, kind of thickening in the United States of America and um, I, I, I you know I feel like there is this this sort of um, this vice grip you know yeah on the church and uh, it's tightening yeah and, and so I think yeah. the body of Christ would be served best by preparing herself mm-hmm. um, for the type of persecution that will be normalized. And, um, and, you know, again, I, I you know, nobody wants that, right? right like nobody, right. nobody, nobody wants, nobody signs up for that, but right. that's, that's, that's what's promised to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That all of us who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus, we're going to be persecuted. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to suffer for that. And there are varying uh, degrees of that suffering. Um, largely in the United States of America, largely not in total, we have been somewhat insulated from that. Mm. Um, but I think even that insulation has been a type of um, precursor to suffering so that we don't even know what to look for. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you just, you're not yeah. equipped, you know, you haven't had to go through things, so you don't know. Um, but the Lord will equip, well, the Lord has already equipped us. He will show us how to operate in that. Mm. Uh, so anyway, before we do that, I want to mm-hmm. acknowledge on uh, Friday mm-hmm. um, the passing of J.I. Packer, who was uh, 93 years old. Yeah. And uh, it looks like, according to his obituary, that it was of natural causes. But J.I. Packer, just a prolific writer um, in the faith, uh, theologian, um, defender of truth and probably most famously known for his book, Knowing God. 
And uh, the book Knowing God ranked like fifth on a book that on a list that talked about the books that shaped evangelicals, mm. uh, the most influential books for evangelicals, uh, Knowing God was ranked fifth. Um, we had one quote from the book uh, Knowing God that we included in our foundation study as we were walking through um, basically knowing God yeah. <laughs> that I thought was so important. I wanted to share it with our listeners because, you know, one of the things that we're really big on is that we should know what we can know about the faith we pro- we profess, mm-hmm. and we should know what we can know um, about the God who has given us this faith through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and, and that's so important. But sometimes what happens is that that dial gets turned a little bit too far in one direction, and it's not that we love God so much, we just love the knowledge that we have of him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that is so dangerous, but yeah. it happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. Just check people's news feeds. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, nervous laughter. It's not, you know, it's not that people love God and you can, it's kind of, it's kind of in the tone of the communication. It's not um, just, you know, just a genuine or pure love of God. It is a love of the knowledge of God and mm. being able to at sometimes put people in their place with it, um, hit people over the head with it you know, uh, shut people up in conversation, you know, knowledge, slap people in comments, all these things that that happen on social media. And I'm sure at some point uh, we've all been guilty of it. But it's it's interesting that when J.I. Packer wrote in 1973, the book Knowing God, he began that book with a caution. And that caution was to simply ask the question. And I'll I'll read I'll read some uh, some quotes here. But but the the question basically was, what do you want to do with this knowledge? Like what, what's your aim here? Like what, where, where do you hope to go with what you know about who God is? Mm-hmm. And I think that that question is as important today as it was in 1973. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and just, um, can I tell you one other thing? So I learned this well, and, and maybe this was always the intent, but did you know, I hate to say, did you know? Cause if you didn't, <laughs> then it's like, well, no, I didn't know that Mika. So let me just say it. Um, <laughs> so, Here's something interesting that I learned okay. just today, right? Okay. Uh, J.I. Packer mm-hmm. was the anonymous senior editor of the ESV, oh. the English Standard Version of the Bible. Okay. And that uh, was to him, of all the things that he's written and published, that to him was his most significant contribution to the faith. Wow. Um, editing, overseeing that project, wow. the ESV. I did not know that. Wow. Which makes the whole, you know, anonymity thing, you know, real, right? Because yeah. anonymous, I, there was a reason he didn't want his name attached to it, which based on what we know about what he cautioned with knowing God and all the information, mm. all that stuff, you know, it seems to make sense that he wouldn't want people calling it the J.I. Packer Bible. You know right. what I mean? Like that they would put his name on it, which to me just says a whole lot. No knock. I'm just saying, okay, all right. <laughs> I have some Bibles that have people's names on them. I mean, which, you know, it's kind of it, <laughs> oh, nervous laughter today. And it's just Monday. We're just getting started. Um, there's nothing wrong with when people have their commentaries attached to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I Can I just, what? I said, mm-hmm. What'd you say? Where you bring it? No, what? go ahead. I just like for you to sometimes have that hook on hand where you can just yank me <laughs> off. <laughs> like I like for you to be able to just step out and I'll be like, just say, I, you know, um, yeah. if I had that ability and the Lord let me to, you know, write commentaries, I, I just, mm-hmm. I personally could not. 
have it called by my Your name. Bible, the Will Addison no, Bible. No, no. <laughs> that's just a personal. I, could, I just couldn't. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I yeah, you know, yeah. but I'm not knocking anyone. Who right. I could. That's so important. It's always important for us to respond <laughs> culturally when we um, deal with hard or harsh realities. Right. And so the cultural response is to always make sure that we um, kind of nod our head and, and, and fan our hand in each person's direction that could possibly be offended. Right. Like that's mm. the soft kind of <laughs> climate that we exist in. <laughs> Where I think some of our um, fathers in the faith would have just said what they would have they would have said, I said what I said. <laughs> right? <laughs> Today no, we, we got to explain do that. what you mean. No, we have to explain. Yeah. We have to say it, and then make sure everybody understands well, and is okay century. with it. Oh. Oh, oh. oh, we're too soft. We're too soft. <laughs> we're too soft. We need to. We need more people that will just say what they say. So anyway, here's a quote um, from <laughs> moving on. Wow. We we both need the hook. Somebody <laughs> needs to come step on the stage and help both of us uh, find our way past the velvet curtain. Um, anyway, 1973, J.I. Packer, knowing God, he wrote this. <laughs> He's with the Lord. I told you when we were talking about this this weekend um, there when I hear about the passing of the saints, you know, there is this uh, this reality that kind of um, is reawakened that for those of us who die in the Lord Jesus Christ, we go to be with him. Mm. We are with him. So, you know, it doesn't matter what it is that we contributed to the body of Christ for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, whether we are well known or little known, you know, um, when we die. We go to be with he who ransomed us like our faith becomes sight. And, and I I have to take myself off of the sort of imagination wagon where I start to think about um, what that not to sound like mercy me, but what that would be like. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like somebody already wrote that. Mickey. OK, that's fine. And they can have it. And I'm glad about that. You can write a commentary to their song. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I'll call a it remix. the Mickey Addison commentary. I can only imagine. <laughs> See how they like it. Anyways, um, so so here we go from the book, J.I. Packer's uh, Knowing God in 1973. He wrote this to be preoccupied with getting theological knowledge as an end in itself to approach Bible study with no higher a motive than a desire to know all the answers is a direct route to a state of self-satisfied self-deception. We need to guard our hearts against such an attitude and pray to be kept from it. As we say earlier, there can be no spiritual health without doctrinal knowledge, but it is equally true that there can be no spiritual health with it if it is sought for the wrong purpose and valued by the wrong standard. Mm. Oh my goodness. And this way, Doctrinal study really can become a danger to spiritual life. And we today, no less than the Corinthians of old, need to be on our guard here. Our aim in studying the Godhead must be to know God himself better. Hmm. Our concern must be to enlarge our acquaintance, not simply with the doctrine of God's attributes, but with the living God whose attributes they are. Mm. Oh, that's so rich. That is so rich. I'll just finish up here. As he is the subject of our study and our helper in it, so he must himself be the end of it. 
We must seek in studying God to be led to God. It was for this purpose that revelation was given and it is to this use that we must put it. Oh man, Hmm. probably something to be read and reread before you begin every new study. Yeah. Every new thing, you know, just a reminder. Just a, yeah. Just a reminder, just to recalibrate and help make sure that you understand that the object is God, not the knowledge of God, right? Mm. That knowing him draws us closer to him, um, that our our worship is richer because we know who he is. And and one of the things that we've been uh, teaching the kids in our local fellowship is that we can approach God logically. We don't have to check our minds at the door. And it's through logically knowing God as he has revealed himself that we can, yes, respond emotionally. We've been given our emotions. Yes, we can love him with our heart. There is passion there. But at the same time, um, I think sometimes what we kind of get out of whack is just that knowledge. Okay, just the logic, just the just the knowing and just this approach. And then we divorce that Mm -hmm. from what should be the natural result of that, Mm -hmm. which is loving God. Like my the more I learn about him, I used to say and it's been a while since I've said I probably should return to it. But I used to say that the more I learned about God, the more I realized that there's so much more for me to learn about God. Mm. You know, the more I learn, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm um, in awe of who he is. And then to take it a step further, that the greatness of who he is, right, allows for him to want to be in relationship with me. Yeah. What? Like, you know, what? I mean, it just this this nearness of God Mm. who I mean, he is he is transcendent and yet he is imminent. He is close to us and yet he is so far above us. Right. In every sense of the word. But he wants to be in relationship with us. And this Mm -hmm. is something that our brother J.I. Packer understood and he wrote about. And um, man, you know, (laughs) His faith has become sight. And, and man, I don't know. You know, there's a, there's, there is grief surrounding the, the passing of people that we treasure and that we, you know, love and admire. Some mm-hmm. of us from a distance, some of us closer. And we have death in our own immediate families. And, and this is happening all around the world. Um, but for the person who dies in the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, man. You know, great is their reward. You know, they are in the presence of the one that they put their hope and their faith in. And um, now it's sight. (laughs) They all become Thomases. (laughs) All right. We'll grab the break and we'll talk about what's happening in China when we get back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Please stay right there. Christians, um, those who are members of the body of Christ, hold on, hold on. We we're almost there, you know, and the enemy wants to wear us out. There's so much, man. I mean, it is exhausting to comb through headlines. I got to tell you, it, it, it is uh, it's, it's, it's spiritually draining. It's mentally exhausting, you know, because you're also going through a lot of things that just they don't make sense naturally. Mm, yeah. 
then of course they don't make sense spiritually, right? I mean, because we <laughs> there's even greater understanding of things because of the spirit of God living inside of us. But even naturally, like things just don't make sense that are happening right now mm. in 21st century America. But my encouragement to the body of Christ, to the church is to hold on, hold Amen. on. You know, you are being pressed in on every side and you, right now you're fellowshipping in places, some places where you are calling into question everything that you've been taught and everything that you believed. And you're thinking that something is wrong with you. Well, if you are adhering to the scriptures, the word of God, that does not change because culture changes, mm. does not change, okay, because nations rise and fall, does not change. If you are adhering to the word of God, then it's safe to say that your church is moving away from you, not you moving away from your church. Yeah. And so hold on, That's hold true. on, go back to the straight edge Amen. and everything that you're questioning, everything that you're doing. Go back to the word of God. Amen. We're almost there. Amen. You know what I mean? And there's safety in holding on to the word of God because the yes. word of God is never changing. And so we have things in culture, things, you know, in the world change all the time, you know, yeah. ebbs and flows. But man, the word of God is steady. And you, if we stick close to that, we know that we have something sure that we're standing behind. And so Amen. we should, you know, see the word of God as just what it is. It's a, it's a, yes. it's a steady uh, uh, word that even though everything around us may change, it never changed. Amen. Amen. And, and just, you know, just, just to, to be in the place where you establish as your conviction that you cannot not read the word of God. Mm -hmm. You cannot not study the word of God that you, that this is a, a, a sense of desperation that you have that I've, I have got to read the word of God. I've, I've got to know um, what God has, has intended mm -hmm. for me to know. And, and I'm telling you, that's, I, I just don't see any other way that we make it through this. It's not going to, it's not going to be grit and white knuckling it. It's not mm. that it's not just, it's not just bite down. You know, <laughs> it, it, it really is truly um, being fortified by the spirit of God. Like yeah. that, that is our defense, right? Running Amen. into the name of the Lord, who is our strong tower, strong because tower. man, I'm, I'm telling you, look, a lot of us, we <laughs> are making enemies where we never thought we would make enemies. Mm. Although, we should have considered it because Jesus told us that the members of our own household would be our enemies. Yeah. That he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And so that there, there would be this division that would happen and that would be more and more pronounced. And look, I got to tell you in the United States of America, now we finally are feeling that. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't felt that because as I often say, we were all just kind of good around here. <laughs> Everybody just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, of course, you know I mean, you know, that part in the scripture where they say mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, you know, there are a lot of families that are like, nah, we always saw that. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, we got that, <laughs> you know, but no, the reality is that the division or the dividing line is even more exaggerated today because thick, dark um, wickedness is, is just covering this nation. It yeah. really is. And, and it's, you know, we can pretend that it isn't. Um, but of course that would, that would, that would, that would make us unnecessarily like duped. You right. know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to, you know, <laughs> right. that's not the Bible, but you don't have to be duped, you know? I mean, just to, to say it. And anyways, all right. Um, so this story is from the magazine Bitter Winter, which looks at religious liberty and human rights in China. 
And um, Bitter Winter was the the magazine that brought to our attention several months ago, maybe almost a year now, um, that, you know, hey, there's there's such thing going on right now that is increasing. It's ramping up mm-hmm. um, the vice grip getting tightened on the necks of Christians in China. And uh, and and this is continuing on. But now what is happening um, is that the Chinese communist government is uh, is telling people who receive aid from them, especially that your government aid will be cut off if you do not stop worshiping Jesus, if Mm. you do not give up these symbols and these emblems that are reminders that there is a God um, who is not Xi Jinping or Mm. Chairman Mao. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Like, I mean, I mean, just basically that's the way to say it, right? That would be the will version of it. And then we'll (laughs) we'll unpack the story in the interest of getting a greater understanding. What I'm going to do as we go through this. And, and I, I actually really think that as we hear it, we can already see that our country is headed in this direction, maybe in some aspects already here. Right. And so this gives us um, just, I would say a frightening picture of where we, where we are headed, right. Without Christians holding the line. And and this is us being faithful in every generation. Right. It it has far reaching effects, far reaching consequences. Mm-hmm. And and look, let me say something else, too. And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get back to this article here. There are people who have asked the question, um, what's the big deal, you know, with 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 another sort of like country shutdown, countrywide shutdown because of COVID-19 or, you know, what what's the big deal if. You know, we all just can't go to work and we all just have to have this moment, you know, think back to that. But I have to have this moment where the country kind of comes to a standstill. What's the big deal? And I think for many people who ask that question is because there's already been sort of the beginning of this conditioning that the government will come to our aid. Mm-hmm. Right. That the government will help us. And so really what happens is it begins this um, sort of the normalization that government is the source. All right. Now, again, I know that some people would say, Miki, that's so far down the line. I don't think we're here. But I think that we are being conditioned to accept and for socialism to be normalized in our current culture. Wow. Right. Yeah. And, and so yeah. if you think about where that becomes normal, wow. um, it is no longer frowned upon. And, and we saw this happen in certain communities as it pertained to welfare already. Mm-hmm. It used to be that people didn't talk about receiving government assistance. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about receiving government aid because it carried with it a, a stigma. That was a right stigma, right? The stigma was, no, this is not normal. That's, I mean, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, no, we don't, we don't publicize that. We don't talk about that. That's, right. you know, or if it's spoken of, it's spoken of in hushed tones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you see it's become normalized. There is the expectation that the government is supposed to help me. The government is supposed to give me this. The government is supposed to do that. I don't have to be embarrassed about that. They owe me. That's more and more normal in our public conversation, right? Um, let me just tell you something. Where that ultimately ends up is with increased and ever-increasing government control and governmental requirements over which you have no control because you now need them. Mm. You now need them. All right. And and this is why I say, you know, in, in all of the debate and all the conversation that different people are having, 
Um, man, what could they be going after? Why do they want the numbers to remain so inflated? Why do they want people wearing masks and living in fear and all of these things? I, you know, because, Will, you and I were talking about um, people who would lose their influence over children. Why wouldn't they want schools open? Yeah, that was that right? was my question. You know, if, 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 if school and the institution of uh, public school or whatever is such a big cog in the plan, why are teachers saying, no, we don't, you know, why, why is there a resistance to going back to school? And well, I can't, I, I would say this, and, and I know, um, I don't think that every teacher has the same thought on this, but I oh, do yeah, think that right. there is a collective narrative yeah. that has a vested interest in keeping the fear factor high. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. legitimate fear, there's legitimate concern, but I think that there are some people who are kind of licking their lips over keeping Americans panicked. You know what I'm saying? And mm. feeling like there are just things that we can't do right now. And ultimately, the government is going to have to save us. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll just leave that there. And let me go to this article here. This is from the uh, magazine Bitter Winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coronavirus outbreak has significantly affected China's economy and people's livelihoods, primarily low income households. Without much help from the state amid the pandemic, religious residents are also coerced to renounce their faith or their welfare benefits will be canceled. Wow. Now I just want people just think about that for wow. a second. And we'll go through a series of stories here that lay this out, right? And again, remember, I'm saying same highway, different nation. Same highway. Same highway. This is, this is the interstate that we are on. And it's not just with regard to coronavirus. It's not just in in regard. In fact, that's not even my initial focus. Actually, I'm talking about how the church is being weakened in America and being encouraged to incorporate destructive philosophies. Mm -hmm. Replace this with this. Do this for this. Say this for this. And behold, now here is your new gospel. In April, um, a government... I'm sorry, in April, the government of a town in the northern province of Shangxi called officials from all villages under its jurisdiction for a meeting. The participants were ordered to remove crosses, religious symbols, and images from the homes of people of faith who received social social (laughs) welfare payments and replaced them with portraits of Chairman Mao and President Xi Jinping. The officials were instructed to annul the subsidies of those who protest the order. A member of a three-self church in one of the villages told Bitter Winter that local officials tore down all religious couplets and a calendar with an image of Jesus in his home and posted a portrait of Mao Zedong instead. Wow. Quote, impoverished religious households can't receive money from the state for nothing. They must obey the Communist Party for the money they receive. The believer quoted this to the magazine Bitter Winter. This is what the official told him. You can't just get money for nothing. Hmm. You're not you're not going to. These handouts aren't free. (laughs) We expect something of you. Continuing on. A preacher from a house church received a visit from local officials in May. They removed a cross and images of Jesus from his home and posted a a portrait of Chairman Mao. Quote, all impoverished households in this town were told to display Mao Zedong images. 
The government is trying to eliminate our belief and wants to become God instead of Jesus. The government is trying to eliminate our beliefs and wants to become God instead of Jesus. Mm. Christians are being told by officials that they would be treated as anti-party elements if they continue to attend worship services. Wow. A Christian in her 80s was removed from the government's aid list because after she received her little monthly stipend of $28, $28, she said, thank God. According to this 80-year-old wow. Christian, I'm going to quote her here, they expected me to praise the kindness of the mm-hmm. Communist Party instead. Give me back those funds. Oh, you're thanking God? God didn't do this for you. No, we did this for you. In mid-May, an official from a village, um, and I can't say the name of this village, I'll do my best, Shang, Shangdong looks like, stormed into the home of a local Christian and posted portraits of Mao Zedong and Xi Jinping. These are the greatest gods. If you want to worship somebody, they are the ones. This is what the believer said was told to them. These are the greatest gods. If you want to worship somebody, these are the ones. Another Christian in another city in the central province of Hunan had been taking care of her two sons. And listen to this, okay? Man, this really, this, you know, this is, her husband died um, unexpectedly and suddenly and left her to raise her sons by herself. This is about 10 years ago. And she had been receiving a minimum living allowance from the state uh, since 2016. In early April, a village official ordered the woman to sign a statement renouncing her faith and destroy all Christian symbols in her home. Mm. Since she refused, her allowance was canceled. Wow. Now, here is what I want to say about that. We should recall that the persecution of the early church, we do a little jog back in time and look at our church history. The persecution of the early church was for a number of reasons. Among those reasons was the church's refusal to add to their worship, the worship of Caesar. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yep. Once a year, you just have to p- pinch incense. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Just, you know, just once a year, just say that Caesar is Lord. That's it. That's all you have to do. Then you just get back to your normal life. There's no <laughs> problem here. But the early church refused because there is but one Lord. Mm. Now, listen, and I don't want people to confuse the point that I'm making here. I want to say something, and I think this is important, because a lot of times when people look at the Ten Commandments, they think that uh, the first and the second commandment are just sort of redundant, but they are distinct, and there's a That's reason right. for both of them. And and so I want to make a point here, and maybe I'll have to do it on the other side of the break, because ultimately I want you to understand what the intent is behind Communist China's government but I don't want people to lose what my defense is of our brothers and sisters in the faith. This is not a defense of idolatry of any sort, right? I don't want people to think that because uh, commandment number one tells us who we must worship, that there is no other God. Commandment number two reiterates who we must worship and also the manner in which we worship him. 
that we don't have any graven images, that we don't carve out anything and, and then bow down to that. Mm-hmm. And those two commandments are distinct and both are necessary. All right, I'll maybe need to make that clear when we get back. Erin uh, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's uh, Chris Tomlin. I stand in awe. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I think we'll open the phone lines and allow our listeners to talk back to us on this topic here. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The point I was trying to make before we went to the break is that I'm not... I. Um, I am not defending idolatry, which and I, right. I also want to make sure to be gracious toward our brothers and sisters. I don't think just having a picture of the cross is idolatrous. I don't think that at all. But I know that there are some people who, you know, would need to have that distinction painted for them, that the word of God is very clear that even in our worship of God, we don't carve any images that we purport to, to you know, sort of draw us closer to God. That mm-hmm. is very important. In fact, you know, a lot of people miss it, um, but this 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 calf, this bull, was was God's people's attempt, fresh out of Egypt, mm-hmm. to say God God's strength is represented here. It was to take an aspect of who God is and to replicate it in that carved image. It was not just the calf or the bull itself, but it was to take that strength and to attribute that to God, making that the manifestation, if you will, of one of his attributes. And so without going down a long rabbit trail, we have to be very careful of that. God expressly forbids it. He expressly forbids it. And so I'm not defending um, any graven images or anything like that, but I think it is important for us to understand that the Christian representation in China is being suppressed, right? Mm -hmm. That if you, if you receive government aid, um, then no, you can't have any crosses up. If you receive if you receive government aid, no, we don't want you worshiping Jesus. <laughs> here here are those who are to be worshiped and essentially it is it is the government. Mm. It is the government. Mm. Um anyway, so yeah, no, I do. I want to open the phone lines and and I'll give you the number again. I'll give it slowly. Um 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I don't think this is just limited. I, I want to say when I think about what is happening um, to Christians in China, I don't think that what, when I say that we're on the same highway, but a different nation, I don't think that what, where we're going is limited to government intrusion. Mm-hmm. I think there is also cultural intrusion, if you will, where the church is slowly sort of giving over ground. Yeah. So there is what Man, I would yeah. describe as a cultural capitulation mm-hmm. where you say um, we want to be able to move about freely in the culture. So we will say these things. We will practice pronoun hospitality 
or we will carve out a space where a person can both be this and be a Christian, Mm. whatever the this is. You understand what I'm saying? And why do we do that? We do that because we feel like our success (laughs) depends on cultural acceptance. It depends on it's the same. It's the same type of pressure that is put on um, these Christians in China. How am I going to live if I don't have this? And for many Christians and many Christian churches, we find ourselves adopting destructive philosophies because how can we expect to remain relevant or how can we reach people if we don't adopt these philosophies? Well, if they were ever reached, they're going to be reached the same exact way. That is with the power of the gospel. Yeah, that is with the power. If, if people were ever reached. Because large churches do not mean that people were reached with come the gospel. On, come on. It just means they like hanging out with you people. <laughs> come on. There's a huge difference there. And, and that's, that's what I think we've got to be able to drill down in 21st century America. We've, we've got to know, okay, who is with us? Who is on the Lord's side, right? Who, who is it that truly has been converted, who has passed over from death mm. to life? Right. Because there are certain characteristics that we should be looking for where you love truth. Right. Where, where you hate sin. Chiefly in your own life. Right. <laughs> where you love truth, where you hate sin, mm-hmm. where you love the brethren. You love the word of God. You love the gathering of the family of God. I mean, to, to be in the midst of people where they're like, you know, this is just so expendable. We don't really have to do this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Same highway, different nation. I think that right now in this country, we are being conditioned. And it's not just, it's not, it's not the attempts by the government. It's not that. It's not those who want control of the government to intensify these attempts to, you know, encroach. All right. Mm -hmm. But it is also cultural normativity as it's as it's trying to become normalized right that our culture has rebelled against god and christians are increasingly being forced to accept this i think this is what puts us on this same highway and 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 that's probably more startling because no one's coming to your door and saying at this point no one's coming to your door and saying i'm going to take your benefits but we are willingly like capitulating to certain things because we think that free movement about the culture is a benefit yeah. So to be robbed of that is in 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 a sense having your benefits removed. Wow. Right? Like how yeah. do you how do you expect to do this and do that without this type of approval or saying these things and as you often point out kissing this ring. Right. How do you expect to get your hall pass? So the church, man, the church has got to double down. The church has got to double down. We you know and and look, and I'm going to say this and and then truly we'll go to the phone lines. Look, there are those, the Bible tells us that there are those among us who will be weaker in the faith. Like they're not as strong and, and we bear with the weak. The Bible tells us to bear with the weak. We do not put them out in front. Mm. You do not put the weak out in front. You bear with them. You protect them, but you do not put the weak out in front. And, and do not think that I am talking about some t- type of physical malady i am talking about of the spiritual sort Mm -hmm. a weakness where if look if you're i'm not sure i don't know if you're kind of pat about it and then you need to be protected by those who know those who are sure and those who are willing to tell the truth amen all right 
888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Keith in uh, Virginia. Hi, Keith. Hey, how's it going? It's good to hear you guys. Going good. God bless you. I'm thankful that uh, you guys come on the radio at 3 o'clock during rush hour here in the Washington, D.C. area. God bless. Mm. Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Going to what you guys were talking about, I was listening to the show before yours. I think it was E.W. Jackson. Um, He's a gentleman who ran for governor. Yes. And um, on his show, um, he had a teacher, and the teacher said said to him, I cannot give my full name, but I have been going to the school boards about my concerns Mm. about what I'm teaching my students. Mm. And she was told, if you continue down this path, we won't need your services anymore. Mm. Mm. I'm not even I'm I am not the least bit surprised, surprised right. about that at all. That that is uh fast becoming what will be the acceptable norm. Yep. That 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 will be the acceptable norm that you will either say what we tell you to say. This is why when we were talking about, you know, various curricula that are expanding across this country. And including all types of things that are rebellion against God, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see that teachers who once said, no, I have autonomy. I have freedom to teach this and freedom to teach that. They are going to find that they <laughs> they never really, really did. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. But, you know, you might debate debatable. Mm-hmm. All right. They never really did. Um, but now they're going to find that as again, Will, to quote you with a high hand, it's no, you don't. Right. You don't have freedom to teach whatever you want. Right. You teach what we tell you to teach. That's right. You tell these That's kids right. what we tell you to teach, or what we tell you to say, or you're and, out of a and job. then or you're out. Yeah. Or you're out. And and that is going to increase That's, I unfortunately, that will be the norm. Will the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to James in North Carolina. Hi, James. Hi. I, I appreciate uh, what you guys talk about all the time. I got a uh, just a statement you made mention earlier in the program about uh, uh, some of Israel, they built a golden cap and they worshipped it. Mm-hmm. Yes, go and ahead. I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm here. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the, um, the uh, Part of the Jewish history is that when they were asked by Aaron to give them their earrings, mm-hmm. they were actually solid gold rings, and they reached up and they snatched them out of their ear with blood on it and gave it to him to make the cap. Mm. Wow. So they offered a portion of their life to create this cat. Wow. No, it's just, it's, uh, I hadn't heard that bit of history. I've not read that anywhere. So I couldn't, I couldn't vouch for that or say, oh yeah, that sounds familiar to me. But um, ultimately what is egregious is to try to reflect um, one aspect of the attributes of God. And and I'm going to tell you something. We, (laughs) We actually don't need a golden calf to see this reflected in our culture today. Mm -hmm. Um, When people want God's love, but they don't want his justice, they have designed their own God. This is not God. So they are now worshiping a, a, figment of their mind right they and and we don't think about why the attributes of god the the otherness of god the Mm -hmm. glory of god that he has revealed he has shown us who he is this is why we fight for all of it to be taken together because this is who god is this is how he has revealed himself to us and so when you take one of god's attributes and attempt to maybe fixate on that 
you know, then you have distorted who God is. That's and right. more so than just seeing the the graven image or seeing the calf, we should understand the heart and the thought behind it. This strong and mighty God is the bull of our faith. He has mm. brought us out of Egypt. Let us worship wow. him as we see him. Right. Do you understand? And people often miss that. If you if you go back and you read it, you're looking at what is they are looking for a way to honor God as they have now experienced him. Right. And in our current modern context, there are a lot of people who believe that God's love is in um is in conflict with his justice. <laughs> Man, it's amazing. You know, well, okay, I'll go back to the phone lines and if we have some time, I'll I'll add just another point to that. Because God reveals himself as just Mm -hmm. and the justifier. That's right. And that revelation (laughs) comes to us through Jesus Christ at this time. And Paul unpacks this systematically in Romans. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If you it's 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 a letter. Yes. But (laughs) he systematically unpacks how we are to understand who God is, that he shows himself through what he has done in Jesus Christ to be both just, mm-hmm. meaning you have to pay for sin. That's right. Sin costs. He doesn't, he doesn't, it's not, it's not free, right? But he shows himself to be both just and the justifier. So when we try to take God's love and then separate that from his justice, you're, we're not talking about the same God. Yeah. So when people walk around saying things like, you know, God is love, God is love. Yeah, and he's just, he's immutable. You have to pay, but he's the payment. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to uh, Professor Smith in Texas. Hello. Hi, folks. Hello. Hey, Hello. I've been a college. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hey, great. Hey, I've been a college professor for 20 years, so can I give a little bit of an art lesson? Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, Francis Schaeffer said that if God is a creator and we're created in his image, then we as human beings love to create things. So that's just something that's kind of innate with us. Hmm. Now, when it comes to the uh, image of the cross and uh, what we think about in contemporary Christianity, that image was not actually created until the third or the fourth century. The first century Christians, especially like in Rome and the catacombs, the images mm-hmm. that they showed of Christ were of the Good Shepherd or of Hellenized uh, depictions of Old Testament stories like Daniel and Noah. You know, there was no image of the cross because to the Jewish converts, that would be like, you know, the symbol of an execution chamber or the electric chair. Mm. And so they focus on Christ as the, uh, the Savior, through, as the Lamb of the world and, and the shepherd, not Christ uh, who is crucified. Now, we understand that our salvation doesn't come through works. It comes through the redemption of blood of Christ and the cross. And I think one of the things we have trouble today is that there are too many people who wear the cross who don't exemplify Christ and mm. are in his salvation. Mm. And so they give a very negative connotation as to what it is to be a Christian who wears a cross and displays it proudly. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's I very agree. good. That is very, very good. good. Now, let me just say to Professor Smith, I am well acquainted with the bit of history that you just shared with us. I am not an artist, so I don't know art history, but um, I do study church history and I am well acquainted with the information that you gave. And it was not, I'm telling you, it is not until the church began to enjoy safety that we started to see symbols and relics and (laughs) people worshiped in the congregation of the visible church. And so that, that is something you're absolutely right 
that did not enter the church until there was a meshing of the church sort of as the state, all right, and as a religion. Mm-hmm. And and I, I know that there are some people who hear that and they go, what are you saying? I'm, I said what I said. <laughs> I, I, that's those are the facts. That's in the history of the church. All right, and and so our brother there is just spot on. Amen. Anyway, all right, we're out of time. Um, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.